as it more it's developed, then it, it's the it's the uh, the um, it illumines the path itself. There don't have to be any, there are not any rules in a sense for one who is, as to use Prabhupada's language, spontaneously attracted to Krishna. Rules are meant for to get you going and and make sure you don't go off the path and so on and so forth. So, so this is the general um, idea, and as the desire. And develops and intensifies the implication of which of course is that other desires are leaving the heart and, and so forth then in time in due course within the, within the what's called sadhana bhakti in the higher stages of sadhana bhakti in ruchi and asakti the final stages in particular uh, the practitioner's body that we have our sadhaka day is so Engaged in service to our guru and and embracing the angas, the limbs of bhakti, that a internal um, uh, desire manifests and develops into a meditative form. Just like if you have a desire and you meditate on it enough, become preoccupied with it, it it's actualized. Uh, it can be started to be visualized, and it'll actually happen. Hmm? We have experience like that in this world. If you have an ambition, an ideal, ideal I, indeed, I think there there are probably some new age um, type of gurus who tell you how to visualize what you want, you know, and then it'll it will manifest and so forth. So, a, a desire to attain uh, the service of Krishna and Leela in a particular sentiment. Hmm? Um, it turns into a, a preoccupation and meditation and the form of that service which is a subjective meditative form starts to manifest and uh, particularly in, 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 in asakti it's, it's glimpsed and then one graduates from sadhana bhakti into bhava bhakti and then the culture of that identity hmm, is, the, uh, is, the, is what bhava bhakti constitutes so this is very developed constitutes or speaks about very developed stages of of our practice, practicing life. Much before that, of course, we have the ideal in a general way. And if we pay close attention, we understand what windows, of, as I speak of it, of opportunities have come to us through our lineage, Sakyarasa and Madhurya Rasa, and a particular kind of Madhurya Rasa, that being the, the, the handmaid becoming a handmaiden of Radha, to serve Radha Krishna, from the perspective of a handmaiden of Radha, to serve Radha Krishna from the perspective of being a, uh, an intimate um, friend of Krishna, hmm? something like that. Um, so an attentive student will understand these are the windows of opportunity. He or she will start to understand what their guru is, is preoccupied with, and so on and so forth, and this will be the natural direction that they will go in. Hmm? Because, again, it's all about it's, a, it's all a result of association. What may be higher or lower, objectively speaking, amongst the Rasas is one thing, but what our attraction is may be another thing, and it will be based entirely on our previous, this life and previous life's association that forms, just like ordinary associations and preoccupations do, sangskaras, tendencies, and corresponding vasanas or desires. It's not that material desires, material sangskars will give us a footing in terms of an attraction for a particular uh, loving sentiment for Krishna. That's a very much a misconception. And that misconception comes up. And a person has written a book about Raghunuk Bhakti some months back and it's kind of brought up the, the topic a little bit for me because he had consulted me about it and I had given him some advice and then it came out and he didn't follow it and, and um, so I took a exception to not the fact that he didn't follow it in one sense yes but furthermore that, that he had listed me as one of the persons who he had consulted with um, with regard to the book and I had strong objections to some aspects of the book while it's full of many truths mm-hmm. um, there are some from my perspective some major 
problems with it. And I've been saying that here and there as it's, as it's come up. And one of the things I want to read to you is an illustration of that, a very core misunderstanding um, of what Raghunuga Bhakti uh, uh, constitutes in this in particular with regard to this internal meditation upon a developing relationship with Krishna, which is very central to Raghunuga Bhakti in one sense. Mm-hmm. Raghunuga Bhakti Rupa Goswami says consists of three things. Meditating on the love of the inhabitants of Mandavan for Krishna. That's a general kind of meditation. On a, on a particular, like a gopi's love for Krishna or the cowherd's love for Krishna. One. Two, and there's some overlapping between these three. Two, serving uh, uh, Radha Krishna uh, in one's sadhakadeha, hmm? this practitioner's body, and as well in one's siddharupa, or meditative form. Hmm? And three, engaging in vaidhi bhakti, hmm? of hearing, chanting, etc. With the exception of a couple of items the Rupa Goswami has listed that are pertinent to Vaidhi Bhakti, like meditating on the queens of Dwaraka. Hmm? Raghunuga Bhakti won't do that because that's not his or her ideal. And so maybe 90%, 95% of the angas of Bhakti given by Rupa Goswami, like accepting the guru, uh, taking initiation, by, uh, serving the sadhus, um, um, hearing and chanting and... Uh, serving the deity, and so these are all angas of bhakti. We do all of these things. Hmm? So obviously, some of them can be incorporated immediately. Vaidhi bhakti can be incorporated. We can hear the pastimes of Krishna. Prabhupada introduced, for example, his disciples to the Krishna book before, almost before any, well, any any printed full volume of the Bhagavatam came out. Hmm? Once he was asked about that, because he used to emphasize, first you should read the first nine cantos, and then the tenth canto. Somebody said, well, probably he kind of gave the tenth canto first in the summary. And he says, he replied something like, um, yes, uh, to give a little taste of you know, what's to come, and then you have the impetus to, to do the heart, the heavy lifting, so to speak, that's, that's required to, uh, to arrive there. Um, so a basic attraction, if you understood the Krishna book properly, to Vrindavan. Hmm? That's what the tenth canto is all about. It's showcasing this Vrindavan Leela directly and indirectly. The, the, the discussions of the Dwarka and Matura Leela are all really properly understood reflections back on the excellence of the Vrindavan Leela. Hmm? So, so you can hear about the pastimes of Krishna. You can obviously do Aidi Bhakti. You can certainly serve with your Sadaka Deha as the Goswamis and our gurus and our parampara serve in their sadhaka days and set an example, but serving in a meditative body, engaging in lila seva, that requires that that lobo, that taste, that attraction, that thirst, that that um, desire for a particular relationship that, that as it develops pushes out all of the desires, that requires that that's developed considerably. Hmm? Um, it's a meditation, and meditation requires a clean heart. So you cannot skip over the heart cleansing hmm? part. Now someone may say that, well, first we, we meditate, and that will cleanse the heart, but it's a little bit backwards. There are other things that you can do to cleanse the heart, like chanting. Hmm? This Mahaprabhu recommended. And so... So at any rate, I want to read something that came to my attention, which is a comment on the book that I take exception to, someone who's glorifying it, praising it, and speaking about um, um, its, uh, its emphasis, which my reading, to my reading, to my ear, is get your sarup, your siddhadeha now. Hurry up. Get it now and... If you don't get it now, get going, then you're going to miss out. Something like that. And, and the emphasis is, is further um, 
that the involvement of Sri Guru is, is, is largely conspicuous by its absence, even while the book quotes many gurus and acharyas. And I'll go into that. But here is what uh, came to my attention. The person writes, Are we requ- required just to meditate on Krishna's pastimes, like watching a movie on a, movie on a screen? No. The acharyas advise us to become part, become a part of that leela. Pick your role, what you would like to do, your attraction. Then get down on your knees and beg for it. This step is necessary because, as the author of the book points out, one cannot replace the powerful bodily concept with some vague or unspecific notion of being a servant. So there's two things I want to highlight in this um, couple of sentences. First of all, the question is asked, are we required just to meditate on the pastimes of Radha and Krishna as if, the writer wants to say, in a passive way? Hmm? And then says, no, we have to be active. We are to participate in that leela. Hmm? So we have to pick a role. Hmm? And according to what you want, and then you, you, you pray to have it. So this is basically, basically a figure-out-your-siddha-deha approach. Notice there's no mention of the guru in here. Hmm? Neither is there any uh, of, of approaching the guru, uh, getting consultation from the guru, getting a blessing from the guru, and furthermore, there's no interest in this statement or anywhere in the book, in what the guru's bhava is. And while there's a strong emphasis on following a particular associate of Krishna in Vrindavan, the way in which the tradition has been practiced for hundreds of years is that that inhabitant of Vrindavan, that resident of Vrindavan, is represented in the person of Sri Guru. In the sects, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, for example, where it's common for the guru to say to the disciple at a certain point, you are such and such gopi in the leela, and your form is like this, and your dress is like this, and so forth, which is different than our approach, but it, it is a viable approach, according to Rupa uh, Vishwanachapati Thakur. It can be abused and distorted, and we've seen that in the history, but it can be done appropriately as well, either by way of mostly by way of giving a prototype hmm, for meditation. But in the context of doing that, hmm, what the system has been for hundreds of years is that along with that is given the swarup or the, the lila seva form of the guru and of his guru and of his guru and his guru and his guru. Hmm. So we find no interest <laughs> in this. The idea, of course, this is how it's coming down through a chain and so forth, and there's a particular representative that comes in. As Mishvana Chakri Thakur says, Sakshadharitena Samasta Shastra, all the scriptures say that the guru is, is the representative of God. This is the way in which all gurus are one. Hmm? Kind of like a holy ghost or something, you know, empowering a number of different Vaishnavas all in the same way to speak represent accurately the, the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? But then Vishwanath speaks of another aspect of the Guru in the same stanza where it says, Kintu Prabhori Apriya While he's a representative of Krishna and one with Krishna in that sense, hmm, and one with every other Guru, at the same time he or she, the Guru, has a, is a particular servant of Krishna. Hmm? So this speaks of the, of the bhava of the Guru Tattva, so to speak. First part speaks of the tattva. Hmm? The guru is one. The guru is, but one guru is different from another also. And all gurus are different from Krishna. They're one with Krishna in a representational sense, but they're different from Krishna because they're servants of Krishna, lovers of Krishna, and in a particular way which distinguishes them from perhaps other gurus. Hmm? And the way in which um, Krishna has come to us. Hmm? is 
but through such a person who represents Krishna and through such a person who has some affinity for one of these um, eternal sentiments. And so naturally, we're going to be influenced by that. Do you follow? Hmm? And, and, so, and, and, and so much so that, for the most part, the tradition has been, with some exceptions, and there are reasons for the exceptions, but the general rule is that we will follow in the wake of the bhava of our guru. First, we'll pay so much attention. Our guru is Krishna coming to us in a way that he doesn't come more powerfully or more substantially hmm, in any other form. Not in the form of the deity, not in the form of the name, uh, but in the form of the guru. Hmm? And in in his own um, comments on Guru Tattva, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami emphasizes this point almost entirely. Hmm? The guru is is not different from Krishna. The guru is not different from Krishna. Krishna is in the heart. The guru is an external manifestation. Come in a tailor-made way for us. Hmm? And so Krishna is, we should pay all attention there. And the implication of that, of course, is if you pay all attention there, you start to see something else in due course. First, Gurudevaya Vidmehe. We'll study the tattva, we'll contemplate the tattva, and Krishnanandaya Dimahi. In due course, we will come to meditate on the ananda. What is the ananda of the guru? What is animating his or her life? It's all about following. So as I say, the way the tradition has come down for hundreds of years is that the, the, the inhabitant, if you will, of Vrindavan that you follow is represented in the bhava of the guru because that inhabitant is a particular bhava. Hmm? There are some exceptions, like Shamananda was an exception. He got initiated in Sakyaras lineage of Hridaya Chaitanya coming from Goridas Pandit, who is Subal, Krishna's intimate friend, in Krishna Leela, appearing in the Gaur Leela. Hmm? But there was some intervention by, by Radharani's party and got taken to the, to the camp of, 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 of the Munjaris, the handmaidens of Radha. But, but of course, he didn't, he, he, his main guru remained Rudai Chaitanya and so on. And so were there other examples? This is a very extraordinary example. There are other examples for different reasons why there may be some, um, some difference. But... It, but Nine times out of ten, it's not. And, and the whole idea here, of course, is that we serve our guru. This is the form, as I say, manifestation in which Krishna is most present for us. So it's a... Bhakti Daiti Madhav Maharaj, one of Prabhupada's disciples, God brothers who was a guru, left the world saying, my life is unsuccessful. I have not realized the form of my Gurudev in Ilaseva. But you see how he was preoccupied with, with that at a certain, and appropriately so at a certain point. Hmm? Not in an artificial way, but if you knew him, but appropriately so. And speaking humbly in this way makes us feel he very qualified that he would be so preoccupied, whether he was successful or not. Just the thinking of that would probably make him successful in due, in due, in due course. Hmm? But he had that sensibility. He's following his guru uh, completely, so to speak. Hmm? So, there's no emphasis here on that. Hmm? It's what? Falsely, it's stated, the acharyas advise us to become part. Pick your role. It's like, okay, what are you going to pick your role on the basis of? You hear about Krishna Leela and you think, I'd like to be that. I'd like to be that. I'd like to serve Krishna in that way. I'd like to love What? What is that... Where's that coming from? Hmm? Hmm. Really, the choosing is coming from up to down. Krishna is choosing us by sending us a guru. Hmm? In other words, bhakti is choosing us and coming to us in a particular form. Hmm? We find ourselves attracted to the the carrier of that, so to speak, Hmm? and naturally we go in that direction to the point where it appears at a certain point I'm making, I'm, fe- I'm choice choosing this. Hmm? You're realizing the opportunity is being presented before me and I, I want it. Hmm? So it's not something that's based on our material sung scars, like I like, uh, you know, I'm a young girl and I like, 
the idea of you know gopis, and uh, and so I'd like to be a gopi. Hmm? Um, yeah, so yeah, it, it, it's not based on any material sanskar. That's contradictory. Hmm? Jiva goes, uh, Vishwan Chakravarti Thakur gives the example that there are different tastes like sweet, sour, bitter, pungent, salty. Hmm? What gives one an attraction for one or another in this life is a sanskar for it in the previous life. So if you have a sanskar for sweets in your previous life, naturally in this life, you'll like sweets. But it's not that you can have a sangskara for a cold or hot and you'll develop attraction for sweet or sour. Hmm? There has to be a correspondence. Hmm? And it's not that mundane romanticism or mundane um, friendship, for example, gives one a sangskar for bhakti rasa as an, in, a romantic, in, the, in a romantic mood or in the, in the servant mood, or in the friendship mood. Why? Because they're, enti- they're at the core, they're very different. There's a similarity between them externally, but the core is very different. What's the core? The core in material life is a self-centered, enjoying ego. And what is at the core of bhakti? Hmm? A God-centered, serving ego. So that's why the whole false ego, as we call it, the hunkar, Hmm. that has to be removed. That's the Cheto Dharpana Marjana. That's the first part. You cannot put these two things together. It's a mis- mismatch. Hmm. The way to enter into Krishna Leela and develop attraction is to d- begin to develop the serving ego. Hmm. This, this is indeed the entire basis of all of these rasas. Chaitanya Charitamrita makes a nice statement. Krishna Kaviraj writes in the sixth chapter of the Adi Leela, Krishna premere e ek adbhuta prabhav. There is one very unique feature, characteristic of Krishna prem. Guru sama laguke. Whether one is the in Vatsalya rasa, means guru means like superior to Krishna, like Nanda and Yashoda. Sama, like a friend of Krishna. Laguke, like a servant of Krishna. Hmm? In, in, in either instance, hmm? Guru Sama Lagu Ke, what does he say? Karja Dasya Bhav. All of them think of themselves as a servant of Krishna. They're filled with the sentiment of being a servant. It's just like this If I love you as a friend, if I love you romantically, or if I love you as a servant in either case, or if I love you as a parent, if I really love you, I'm filled with the feeling, I'll do anything for you. I would do anything for you. That's how you feel. I would do anything for you. Anything within my power, I would do for you. I love you. Hmm? This is what he's saying. It's, a, it's a service-based. We find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from the beginning of his entrance into this identity as he teaches in Shikshastakam to his actual, um, uh, the culmination of that. This is between what, the five, fifth verse of Shikshastakam to the eighth. In the fifth verse we find what? we find this is asakti the last stage of sadhana bhakti the previous verse all material desires are gone he has a desire for bhakti he, he likes bhakti he's happy with bhakti with the festivals of bhakti with the, with the mongol artik with the, the services and, the, 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 and so forth hmm? and from Attachment to bhakti, which Mahaprabhu says, Mama Janmani Janmanishvare Bhavatad Bhakti Hoytukitvi. I don't even care for liberation from birth and death. I just want to be engaged in bhakti. From attachment to bhakti, in Ruchi, he, gets, he develops attachment that plus 
but is the plus attachment to the object of bhakti in a specific way. So he says, Ani Nanda Tanujakinkara. He's starting to enter into the mood of a gopi. He says, I want to be a kinkar, a kinkari of the son of Nanda. She mentioned, he mentions the son of Nanda means that a young girl would want to marry hmm, the son of somebody and in the tradition of the time would move into the house of that somebody, that father. Hmm? So she mentions, she, he mentions, mention, mentions Krishna with, in relation to his father, Nanda Maharaj, Nanda Tanuja. Nanda also means bliss. The son of Tanu means body, from the body of bliss, but means from the body of Nanda Maharaj, his son. I want to be united with him and move into his house as a maidservant. Kinkara means servant, like das, kinkar. So you can see as he's entering in to Madhuri Rasa, hmm? into Radha Bhav, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this was his ideal, to come to this world, Krishna, and, and try to enter into the Bhav of Radha and experience it for himself. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha, in a sense, is Krishna trying to become Radha. And he becomes successful, we see, by embracing the Bhav of Radha with the help of Sarup Damodar and Vish- and um, Ramananda Roy, who are Lalita and Vishaka and so forth, and some others, Gadadhar, and he's successful. So Shikshastakam teaches us. The last verse of Shikshastakam is said to be spoken by Radharani, and as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was speaking. It means he, he became, he, he's, he was successful in his practice. But the beginning of the kind of formal entrance into that Leela Seva hmm, that he wants to experience is coming in this fifth verse, and it's significant. The word kinkaram is used here. You can understand. It is a... All of these bhavas are a type of service. So the serving ego is huge. Hmm? A huge issue. And here it said that what? This step is necessary to pick your role, like Check it out. What would you like to do? Hmm? And you better get that specific role figured out because just service unto itself in a, in a general way is not powerful enough to remove the bodily concept of life. Well, what the real teaching is is that even a shadow of Harinam can remove the bodily conception of life. Hmm? Certainly... Vaidhi bhakti, which is a serving attitude in a general way, can remove the bodily conception of life. Hmm? You understand? The bodily conception of life is an enjoying ego. Hmm? So if you, even in a general way, I want to serve Krishna, I want to serve Maker, without specific detail like this, that will manifest in time. The more the serving ego comes, then it will take a particular shape. Hmm? But you have to begin by getting the serving ego not begin by getting a particular shape, because if I don't get the particular shape of service, that won't be sufficient, the general idea, to remove. Uh, meanwhile, what will you get the basic, uh, on, on the basis of? You haven't removed the enjoying ego, so it is influencing your so-called choice. You understand? <laughs> and now you're projecting yourself as, an, as without, kind of unwittingly, as an enjoyer in Krishna Leela. I like that. Prabhupada said, as soon as you say, I want, then it's maya. Hmm? Of course, there will come an I want for Krishna. Hmm? And there is a stage at which one will examine oneself, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur speaks, in consultation with one's guru, hmm? uh, and report or explain, I'm developing a certain attraction in this way, and in a certain taste, even in a general sense, is coming and I want I consult with my guru and so forth. We'll see this in the second part that I read of what Raghunuga Bhakti is, coming from someone else. Um, but that kind of consultation and liking is checking in and seeing if my desire is materially based or it is as a result of Bhakti Sangskar from previous lives and what's been happening to me in this life. 
yes, in due course in this life, we will have desire to serve Krishna hmm? and attraction to Krishna in a particular way, hmm? coming from developing the serving ego. Hmm? And so it's very, Gaudi Vaishnavism, I want to say here, is very guru-based. There is no lineage of Vedanta where the guru plays a more significant role. And we got a whole list of different kinds of gurus. The Vartma Pradarshak guru, the Diksha guru, the Siksha guru, the Sanyas guru, the Ragmar guru. Hmm? Uh, so many of them. Hmm? Um, here, of course, we're talking about the Sadguru, Diksha Guru, Siksha Guru, who ultimately, whose bhava ultimately we follow into the into the uh, Lila Seva ourselves. So it's wrong, very wrong, completely wrong to say that the serving attitude, cultivating it in general, is insufficient to remove the bodily conception of life. That's just just like uh, 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 very mistaken idea. Number one, and number two, the idea that we just just pick your rasa, and again, well, if you haven't bothered to get the serving attitude going here, or seriously, and that all, it, the focus is the guru, in relation to the guru, that's where, that's the serving, kind of, um, um, the, the the center that's come before us, where we repose our serving tendencies and so forth. Hmm? So these are very, this is very wrong and um, um, uh dangerous idea. It's the kind of idea that Bhakti Thakur talked about when he said, if you try to meditate on your um, siddha rupa, on a siddha rupa before attaining asakti, we call it sahaja bhava. Sahaja means cheap. Hmm? He's written in Bhakti, Bhakti what is it? Um, his um, Bhajan Rahasya, The Secrets of Bhajan where he goes through Shikshastakam and talks about it in terms of a path, the path of Raghavakti and the different stanzas and so forth. So when he gets to the fifth stanza, Asakti, this is, people like to say, well, wait a minute, this Raghunuga Bhakti is a practice. It's for sadhakas, not for siddhas. So you've got to practice it now. You're a sadhaka. Yes, that's true. But there are different stages of sadhana. Anishta Bhajanakriya, when one's practice isn't steady because of other desires and so forth, is one thing, and asakti and ruchi are another thing. How you will practice in those two ends of the spectrum of sadhana bhakti are obviously going to be different. Hmm? So there are ingredients or aspects of the practice that can be effectively incorporated in later stages of sadhana bhakti. Hmm? You can, in nishta, where you've you're fixed up. You can fix your ideal intellectually by, by proper understanding of scripture and what has been taught by the guru and say, that's my ideal, Sakiras, that's my ideal, Manjari Bhav. Hmm? Now I get busy with other things that are important and so on and so forth. And, and then as Ruchi comes, then it, it, it becomes more of a, of a, a, more of a feeling orientation than a thinking orientation. Hmm? If you want to think about it, that's good. And then requires you know the scriptures very well. Hmm? And you have to know the, how you know the scriptures very well? By studying them under a guru. Hmm? This book was full of quotes from the scriptures. Somebody read the books pretty well. Hmm? But with regard to Rag Bhakti, um, a guru would have been very helpful. Hmm? Who would serve to, to really get a proper understanding. So you can see here what, from what I'm saying, this is a very... The whole thing is right at the center. It's like rotten at the core, so to speak. It's corrupted at the core. You follow me? Yeah, serious. So, um, so what? Rather, um, a good way to think about this hmm, is that if you're really so bent on meditating on a particular form for serving Krishna, then we, we say you do this. Then you meditate on being uh, pursuing Dasya Bhava for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? What is the problem? You don't like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Hmm? In other words, in Raghunuga Bhakti, 
according to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, there are two leelas that we're concerned with, Krishna leela and Gaur leela. And one can attain a swarup or meditative body for each leela. One for Krishna leela, one for Gaur leela. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is going between Krishna leela and Gaur leela in and out, in and out. So we find so many great devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who are in Krishna Lila were his friends, like we heard about Sridham, hmm? Brahman, Sudama Brahman, sometimes he's called Sridham also. In Chaitanya Bhagavat, he was a friend of Krishna. Now he become he came in Chaitanya Lila. How did he conduct himself in Chaitanya Lila? In Dasyabhav. Hmm? Gadadhar is is the Radharani of um, Gorlila. He's in Dasyabhav. Hmm? She's in Dasyabhav there. Hmm? All the devotees are in Dasyabhav to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All the ones, all the Goswamis in particular, who are set the ideal that we're to follow. Hmm? So, in this sense, we see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the macrocosmic guru, Gauranitai. Hmm? We cultivate the mood of being a servant of them. Hmm? This is how to use your sadhakadeya very, very nicely. Because the saying is, worship in Navadweep, live in Vrindavan. Hmm? You, fo- the more the focus is on servant, as being a servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which means a servant of our Guru and the Parampara. Hmm? But Dasyabhav and Gorli, that's why we read Chaitanya Bhagavat. Hmm? See how here all how Srivas conducts himself, and the way he does thinking, see the way he does Really, in Dasyabhav, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Who could emphasize it more? He's the Mahavishnu whom we've come from. Hmm? Dasyabhakti to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This has all wealth. All wealth is found there. Hmm? In the context of that, very readily, easily, and naturally, hmm? you'll develop a relationship with Krishna and Krishna because Gore is Krishna. And the basis of the relationship with Gore and Dasyabhakti. This this serves to put this serving ego very much in in place. I was saying how in the beginning Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, as he enters in, he calls himself Kingar, aspires to be a Kingar, a maid servant, hmm? in the house of Nanda Maharaj. In the end, when he successfully says, "Asli Shiva Padradam Vinastumam Adarshanam Marmatam Kurutu Vaithatatava Vidatulam Pato Matpranatas Tu Sevanapara," we find this is fully steeped. Also in the serving ego, there you find so many uh, Radharani speaking. Chaitanya speak, Mahaprabhu speaking, but it is Radharani speaking. He's successful, and she's saying, "I only want to please Krishna. If it's more pleasing to Krishna than a, that he that he another gopi consorts with him, I'll go and bring that gopi to him." Hmm? In fact. Uh, Chaitanya, uh, Krishna's Kaviraj in his commentary on that verse gives the example of the the Brahmin uh, wife of of a fellow who desired to have union with a prostitute but he had leprosy was it leprosy I think and so that prostitute was not interested in him at all but the wife found out that her husband wanted to have a union with the prostitute so she went and became a servant of the prostitute. Hmm. Till the prostitute says, what are you doing here? You come from a nice fa- family, you're a Brahmin. And, oh, and, and she explained, my husband wants to hmm, meet you and you wouldn't meet. So I, and, and so this example is given, it's very extraordinary, uh, of how, how selfless the implication is, is Radha's love. Even as Pujapachita Maharaj used to say, if she pushes herself forward in some instances, it's only because she knows only I can satisfy him in this instance. If somebody else can in another instance, just push that person forward. Hmm? So you see how dasya, hmm? servitude, serving ego, is really the basis hmm? of all of the... These are, these are different forms, Madhurya, of service. Sakya, different forms of service. So that's so central, so important. Hmm? And so... We should hands-on cultivate that. Let me be enter into Dasyabhav for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, for Gaur Nityananda. Hmm? Everything will come from that. One guru I know about was once asked, after, being, after initiating his disciple in a different lineage, 
said, Gurudev, what is your, you didn't tell me what your siddharupa is, your form in the Leela. He said, is there something wrong with this one that just saved you? Maybe you ought to meditate on that one for a while and, 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 and in, in such a way that you start to emulate it and follow that example and so forth. And then everything will come. Hmm? You understand? No need to jump ahead here. Something like that. Hmm. So, that said, I want to read you something that I received from one of my students that exemplifies the the how one will develop naturally with regard to a particular sentiment and so forth. Hmm? He writes, Guru Maharaj, sounds like your recent trips have been really good. The talks from Grass Valley were great. One of them had me smiling and laughing. Seems like the audience was really happy to hear from you. So it's obvious from the opening that he's listening to all the all the classes as they come out. Hmm? That's what they're there for. Hmm? I'm sure as many of you do as well, but he's listening as they come out, and he's up to date, and he's heard them all since. So he's paying close attention. Hmm? So if we if we want these things these ideals, and this is where they're going to come from. This is where your nishta is going to come from, from hearing these talks, understanding the scriptures, and so forth. So, we find that. Then he says, tomorrow morning a man who carves the yokes is coming to fit Gundicha and Sukadev for a training yoke. These are our two oxen down in, in Madhavan. This is a service I gave to him. This is not the final one, but a smaller yoke that we can use for the time being. The training has been going quite well. I walk with them four times a week. They are used to being handled and have become quite familiar with the routine. But now we are going to change it up. It should be interesting. Now we can start to teach them how to turn by voice command. We will see how it goes. It will probably be a little rough until they get used to the yokes. So I've given them the service to taking care of the cows. He's reporting to me on an aspect of that service. Then he goes on. The cows are well also. We managed to treat the warts with hydrogen peroxide, iodine, iodine, and oregano oil. They are pretty much under control now. I put oil of oregano in the post-milking teat dip, and it seems to be working well. Luckily, Amrita never contracted Contact, contracted any. Purna has a few minor ones left. So these are just details about his service and how he's taking care of the, the cows very nicely. <laughs> so um, he says then, I'm sure you heard from the others that we have had some really nice festivals here for Janmastami and Radastami. Janmastami was small, but was by far the best celebration and the best feast we have ever had here. Radhastami was really special and a bigger event. It was really nice to have guests from San Jose to come and celebrate it with us. The majority of them were new people that we had never met before. Ramesh has really made a nice effort to bring people to see Madhuvan and Daujikupal. It will be nice to develop this congregation of locals here in Costa Rica. So, you can see he's very much taking, make, joyfully engaged in these uh, festivals for Gaudi Gopal and sharing the tradition with others. He's happy in his lifestyle. He's not worried about something. He's missing and I've got to get something and, and uh, there's a hurry up and find my day or there's going to be a problem or anything of the sort. He's happy with his service. He says, I'm looking forward to Kartik and Govardhan Puja, and Gopastami. You see? <laughs> this is a, not looking... He's looking forward to the right things. He's got, he's got the calendar. He sees what's coming ahead. He says, Do you have any instructions or wishes for the devotees to follow for Kartik? Because generally in Kartik we make some vow, commitment, something like that. So you can see how he's thinking about all these, these aspects of, of bhakti and he's... Um, very much enthusiastic about them. Hmm? A few months back, he says, 
I got a recording of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's song, Atma Samarpane. That is sung by the devote, that, 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 that is sung in a particular melody by the devotees at Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Mat. It's a nice melody that I had not heard before. I remember that you were looking for a melody for that song. Have you heard this version? I can play it for you when you come down next time, if you have not. I've been meditating on this song. It's so nice. The Lila Kirtan of the pastimes with the Sakas is very attractive. And it's nice because it is also the demons slash anarthas that are mentioned in the song that one has to deal with as a sadhaka. And many of the limbs of Sharanagati permeate the song along with the coward's feelings of confidence and trust in Krishna. I feel inspired to incorporate this song into my daily practice somehow, just on a personal level, when I'm alone or something. Is that okay with you? Do you have any thoughts <laughs> on this song? This is about one of the nicest letters I've ever received. You can see this is how naturally attraction is developing and what to do comes naturally also. People ask, how do you do Raghunuga Bhakti? Uh, how do you love? <laughs> you understand? It's, you, you get a, you ser- you, there is a way. You serve nicely, then attraction will come, and then you know the way. Hmm? So you become attracted to a particular song that I wanted to incorporate there in the, in, in the daily um, liturgy, but I never found a melody that, that I thought really represented the spirit of, of the song. So... He's stuck with that. He's followed through. He's found that. He likes the song. It's a very nice song. It's a song about Sharanagati, mm-hmm. surrender, which is very uh, uh, pertinent to the sadhaka's life. Surrender, faith. This is all about sadhana. And in Baba Bhakti, it's all about longing. So too much longing in sadhana bhakti without emphasis on Sharanagati, surrender, submission, and so forth is artificial. While there's going to be some overlapping, obviously a Baba Bhakti is fully surrendered. And obviously in Sharanagati, really, real Sharanagati, there's going to be some longing that starts to develop. And here we find by emphasizing on Sharanagati, he's not losing out on the longing. It's coming, coming in a very natural way. And it's, it's obvious what my answer would be when he says, is that okay? But he, but he asks, is that okay? In other words, he knows this is a guru guided and so forth. So it's very, very beautiful. And he, of course, he's, he's, he's thought about the song philosophically. He sees Sharanagati is emphasized in here. The demons are mentioned in here. How taking shelter of Krishna in this uh, leela destroys this demon. It's all about Sakirasa, hmm, the, the song. Hmm. Um, and uh, so it has both sides. Bhaktivinoda was written, I believe, in his... Chaitanya Shikshamritam, that he should meditate on the leelas of Krishna killing the demons with his boyfriends, coward friends, in order, as an indirect meditation on Raghunuga Bhakti, on the ideal of Raghunuga Bhakti. That in the context of the leela, which is what the meditation for Raghunuga Bhakti is about, you're meditating on particular leelas that also deal with removing anarthas, which is obviously part of the path. Again, Chaitanya Marjanam is, 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 required cleansing the heart before real longing. That's what Bhakti Siddhanta was talking about when he said, first deserve, then desire. Hmm? I mean, you can have desire, but it cannot be inordinate. About I want that. Okay, you want it. Good, good. Now you have to walk these steps. No, I want that. Hmm? Without the steps. No, no, walk the steps. Then we'll take your desire seriously if you're willing to do the, the work at hand, the heavy lifting, so to speak. And he's done lots of heavy lifting. Hmm? And it's so nice to see these, just in a simple, budding way, these kind of sentiments. And he wants to incorporate this into his practice. And then he says, I won't take up any more of your time. I know you have any, many emails to read. And that is a very powerful statement also. Hmm? He says, he's basically saying, I'm not um, writing for some emotional hmm, you know, support. I'm full. 
emotionally. I'm here to serve only. Many people want to have a relationship with the guru. And what about the relationship, you know? What about, like, let's talk. Let's, you know, well, <laughs> the, you know, the thing of a relationship in a, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a mundane way. I didn't have much of a relationship with him. The relationship is really service. It will be different for different devotees. Some will know the guru more personally than others and so forth, but we don't use the guru hmm, for our emotional fulfillment. So he's saying, I know you have many emails, you know, I'm just reporting, and, and if you don't reply, you know, that's entirely fine, that's up to you. And so, so this really exemplifies a very, um, very nicely how this will start to develop naturally and, and in a healthy way in all of uh, the practitioners' lives. And, as I say, by contrast, the other statements illustrate a very distorted idea that uh, should be militated against. Are there any questions? Yeah. He's good association. I thought, well, we should give him sannyas, send him around the world, but he's so happy there. <laughs> so, anything else? You mentioned briefly how um, that misconception came about, but I didn't quite catch it. Well, somebody wrote a book about Raghunuga Bhakti. Right, like how they... How did they have that misconception that they wrote the book? Yeah. How did they have the misconception? I think that the answer is that, that they read up on the topic without sufficient guidance. Spent some time doing that, poring over some texts, and then decided to write a book on Raghunuga Bhakti. And I know, I know the person, you know, I think he was into it for a year or something, a year and a half, reading about it for the first time, and decided to write a book. Um, meanwhile, there are people who have been practicing Raghunuga Bhakti for decades who never thought of writing a book about it um, because they know what, what the topic is. I mean, and in a book that, that, that that's written because the spirit of, we better get into this right now. Hey, you're missing out on this. This is this is important. You got to check this out. It's not how the, the teachers have taught about it. Hmm? They've taught. Don't worry about that. Worry about this, and some 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 teaching about it. As it becomes more of a topic in the world, then okay, we have to give the theory more. Hmm? Like I'll give the theory comprehensively, and I say now go now go wash the you know pots. Hmm? There's the theory, know the theory. Now focus where you have to focus. But they want to give the theory and say, and now get this, this is now now leave the washing pots. What's that going to do? Hmm? That's nothing. Just you know selling books or at least kind of, hey, this is. This is not the real thing. Something, but you got to get into this. So there's a false kind of urgency that we don't find the previous acharyas writing about, hmm? which is, of course, it's contradictory to the whole spirit of it. It's not like out of fear you're missing something. You better get going. That 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 is the motivation of Bhagavan and the Bhakti. So, I would say without good good guidance and so forth, it's an example of what can happen from just reading up on topics and reaching your own conclusion about them. While he reached many correct conclusions, at the core there's a very wrong con- conclusion. Hmm? And he you know, he basically personally told me that he that he that more or less that his own figured out Sarup was on the basis of his own material samskars. I mean you can read the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, it says that Maria Rasa is objectively the most intimate um, service for Krishna amongst the rasas, but still some devotees may choose others. Why? Because of vasanas. Vasanas means desires coming from samskaras. So he can read and go, see? So I have these vasanas. But then read the commentary. Hmm? And, 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 ha- and if you don't have any bhakti kind of common sense, then you, you think, I mean, I even read a scholar's edition of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. I have a copy by a scholar who's, he's actually a, a balaba. But uh, he 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 wrote a, did a translation and in his in his footnote to that verse he said and some and vasanas come from some scars for our preoccupation with different material things and so forth. I mean he got it completely wrong. 
So there's a lack of kind of theological sukriti, sumedasa, spiritual intelligence that comes from service and sacrifice and surrender and so forth, that, uh, and immersion and so forth. Not that this, this devotee doesn't have any of that. I mean, he has some, but not enough to have the spiritual kind of acumen to understand. Oh, it's talking about vasanas and samskars. Those obviously don't mean material samskars. They mean bhakti samskars. Hmm? Because as I've explained, the two are like diametrically opposed. Hmm? So you read a word, there it is, and and that's why you need you need you need you need guidance. Hmm? I mean, the fellow called me and said, "Hey, you know, I I guess you've been into this for quite a while. I find it's really interesting." I said, oh, okay, yeah, I was, yeah, I've been into it for a while. It's interesting. Okay, yeah, then just read everything you can find, and who knows how good the translations are? You don't know the original language and so forth, and and so on. So it's. It's a recipe for problems. I wonder, I was wondering what you were talking about earlier, that whether that apparent lack of interest in or concern for the guru's interest, internal interest, doesn't come from the reticence that our recent gurus have had in, in discussing these things. Srila Prabhupada didn't tell anybody, I'm this and this is my, you know, this, this, you know, you're, you're this fellow and, and this is what you wear and this is what you do and you're this old, and you're eight years and nine months and five days old or something like that. And, and I'm such and such and we don't even, you know, yeah. even have any record of Gorky Shore sharing that. You know. um, I, I wonder if it doesn't come from that, because the devotees say, oh, we have to talk about this weirdly. So you're kind of left on your that they, they might be feeling that you're supposed to figure it out. Uh huh. Well, I think that your, um, and if you, I don't know what they're feeling, but I, I don't know if I'm answering your question or commenting appropriately in relation, to, relation to your comment. But you know, uh, you know, we authored a book, uh, the, "Oh My Friend," and you know, we took the information that Prabhupada said about himself and so forth, and it's, it's obviously overwhelming. Um, conclusion that Prabhupada had an affinity for Sakyarasa. He shared that with us. There's nothing in there that he didn't share with us. I mean, we've reasoned about the things that he shared and bringing them to a logical, you know, conclusion and so forth. And I think that his disciples in, are certainly, you know, supposed to do that as an, an indicative of their interest in in what the Gurudev is all about, you know, so to speak. Um, but. Um, but uh, as far as the reluctance to, uh, yeah, no, I don't think. I think that I think that there is a misunderstanding. I think that Prabhupada did emphasize higher topics were for higher devotees type of emphasis, and I think there that that there is a tendency that, like misery loves company, so a lot of devotees don't advance. They don't like to think anybody else did either, hmm? and could share with them things that about their guru, for example, that they're not uh, privy to, haven't understood, and so forth. And so there's a, I think that's why you find a reluctance to think about that. And I think also there's a, a reticence to submitting oneself to a Shikshu guru. I mean, yeah. we loosely talk about someone's my Shikshu guru because I ask him a question about that or something like that, but to actually go this, you know, just like you and, you and I did a few years ago, and you said, I asked, had some questions about my puja, and you said, well, now we've got to talk about your heart. <laughs> and, yeah. So, I, I think, you know, you, you see that some of the devotees' responses to that, you don't see them thinking, oh, I need to find somebody who can help me yeah. cry open 
my heart. Yeah, well, that's a whole, you know, problem for Prabhupada's disciples because when Prabhupada left, some people became in charge of spiritual leaders and then they didn't fill the shoes, so to speak, and so they then they reacted to that and they're still reacting to it, mm-hmm. so to speak. It's and the reactions to problems are not solutions. You're supposed to come back, you know, swing back in the middle here and, uh, and you know, when you say, I only want to follow Prabhupada now. Okay, well, let's follow him. You know, he, didn't, he said we should have the association of advanced devotees and we should seek that and so on and so forth. But there's a reticence, reticence to do that, to seek the association or to acknowledge that there are any even. So it's a very extreme position that they've they've taken. It's out of balance and all this kind of religious fanaticism coming out of that. So that's a whole other problem, but it but it it does impact their ability to understand this path. You know, one guy wants to jump into it and the other people wanna don't want to touch it with a ten foot pole and and um I'm against both of them, <laughs> so to speak, or I've got issues with both you know, sides of the spectrum, ends of the spectrum. Okay, we'll stop there. Sri Sri Govindananda Ki Jai.